Christmas, man. It's Christmas, man. Welcome to the Classified Cheat Codes Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. Not just any news, but the newest news. Drill that in your brain. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> here on the show, we bring you unfiltered gaming news, and I am your host, Josiah. And I'm Hillhouse. And we're here to say words like shit and fuck while talking about <laughs> Minecraft. Poop, cock-a-doo-doo. <laughs> um, so yeah, um... Usually we start off our shows talking about games that we play this week. Uh, this week, um, I was still playing L.A. Noir and um, still really impressed with it. It really is a good game for being, I think, it came out in like 2012 or 2011. <laughs> um, it, for an eight-year-old game, it's still really strong, even though it's remastered. Yeah. Um, at the core, even the PS3, Xbox 360 versions of the game were still really good games. Oh, yeah. It looks uh, so really cool. So I'm having a lot cool. of fun with it. Um, I think I'm finally to where I was when I stopped playing it on the PS3. I really don't know why I stopped playing it, but um, I'm enjoying playing through it again. And it's cool to finally get to things that I haven't seen before. So that's really fun. Uh, highly recommend that game. Also... This week, um, Overwatch started its holiday event, yep, which yep. is an annual event. Um, I have not, <laughs> I feel bad because I'm going to talk about it, but I don't know anything about it. Um, there is actually somewhat of a new game mode. There's like a May snowball offensive where you can, I've heard you can catch snowballs. I could be incorrect though. Um, the only reason I haven't played it is it's you have to queue into it in solo mode and I've only played overwatch this week with other people. So I haven't ah. even been able to play something like that. Um, but no, I've had a lot of fun playing it uh, again. I've been doing a lot more comp than I usually do. So I know that's probably not news to someone who plays comp a lot, but <laughs> uh, for me playing comp as much as I am right now is very fresh and it's, it's crazy because I am probably ranked really near where I need to be at tank. So those games are fun. Yeah. Those games are, if I lose one, man, it was close. If I win one, man, it was close, you know? Um, but for some reason, when I placed, um, uh, support, I, I played, so I guess I was just cute with really bad people. Cause I remember those games were nightmares. I was playing Lucio and getting five golds and I could not carry my team. I was playing oh, yeah. Moira and trying my best to heal people rather than just try to get five golds, and I still couldn't win. I was playing Mercy and getting, like, play of the game, but it doesn't matter because I still lost all five games and placed, like, 1,600, oh, and yeah. those games are so bad. I It doesn't matter if I queue in with someone who's skilled or play with a couple of friends. Uh, those games games are just so bad when you're ranked down that low because people don't even know how to group up. <laughs> yeah, that's and true. I was noticing the same thing in quick play uh, when I was playing support. It's it's god awful right now. You, it, you're doing everything, but you're you still can't carry the team. It's like, yeah, there's just there's no direction. 
in it. It's still right. what it seems like. Something I have noticed, I'm used to being slightly aggressive with characters like Lucio and put up as much damage as I can yes. while also doing a lot of healing. I'm the but same way with, with the new sh- the new shield nerf has made healing so much more important because the yes. shields come down like crazy fast. Oh now. yeah. And oh, if yeah. you're playing against a Reaper or a Junkrat, those shields are already were coming down fast and Reaper and Junkrat are just like destroying tanks. I jumped on um, as Arissa and I had a mercy completely, completely pocket me the entire game. And that's the only way I was able to stay alive because that shield would get melted so quick. It was ridiculous. Right. But, uh, you know, it, with her, with that mercy in combination with my uh, with my orb, pulling them all into one group so that the rest of the team could shoot them. And then I would move out of the way. It seemed like it was it was viable. It seemed like it worked really well. There's a way around it. It's just yeah, it's it's just and so much different than it used to be. <laughs> it's the speed increase on Reinhardt and Arissa is really cool. Like Arissa yes. moves faster. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, when he has his shield up, moves faster is really cool. But Arissa is so hard to play right now with how bad her shield is. It goes down crazy fast. I did really well with Arissa, believe it or not, in quick play. I noticed that if you, well, but I also think, though, that that my healers were on point. Um, And that's going to be the thing right now, I think, that that as long as healers are maintaining the tanks, you're going to be able to see some really really good comps come out of that. But it's just going to be adjusting to that new, the nerfs. Yeah, because because when we had bunker comp, which was the last comp where you would run two shields with turrets and bastion, um, Arissa was a must play during that whole competitive season. Arissa was like, I remember seeing on Twitter, a lot of players were um, complaining that they were a tank player and that they hated Arissa, but they had to play Arissa. (laughs) <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like if you're play support, you gotta have a Moira. There was a large period of oh, time yeah. where you had to have a Moira. Yeah. But like a rec- up until recently, it was you had to have an Arissa because Arissa had so many attributes that put her ahead of other tanks. And like there's other tanks that could do some things better than her, but all around she was a really safe choice that you can guarantee doing the job. But with her new rework, I, I think she's I'm not saying that you're saying that you had good games, but I think she's a little bit back down to earth. <laughs> I don't think she's a must pick anymore because I was picking Reinhardt a lot because his shield didn't get nerfed as bad as Arissa and Ryan's pretty close to where he was before. And I think her nerf was harder than Ryan's. And I think Ryan's a way more viable pick than he was last season. You get what I'm saying? They uh, with the, uh, the speed increase to Reinhardt, did they, did they buff his hammer? Because, it seems like when he's getting shot at, he throws his shield up, runs at the person he's sh- shooting him, and he just knocks the shit out of everybody around him. No, I, I don't think they um, they um, buffed his hammer because it was already like one to – it was like two to three hits already yeah. on squishes. Oh, yeah. Like you you would already need to get out he of there. He could two hit more, more um, easy. But you're right. Because he has that speed increase while his shield up, he can just pursue people, then bring it down and then two hit you, then put that shield back up and then back up to the healers, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's a pretty good strat. So that's enough about uh, Overwatch, <laughs> since we talk about Overwatch a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
What did you play this week? I played, actually, I played Titanfall 2. Um, I've been meaning to play this game for a long time. Uh, the thing about Titanfall 2 is uh, this one came out in 2016, I believe. It's uh, the the second part of the original game that came out in 2014. Uh, it came out in October of 2016. It's a first-person shooter. Uh, yeah. They do have a single-player mode, which is campaign, and then the multiplayer mode. Um, I have to tell you, I've only been playing the campaign and I am absolutely 100% in love with this game. It it kind of reminds me a little bit of Halo because of this wall running shit that you can do. But other than that, which personally bugs the hell out of me, it's like, you know, parkour and, you know, jump kits and all that. Um, <laughs> I, I love the visual aspects of this game. I love the story of this game. Uh, it drew me in right away. And, uh, you know, I've only played a little bit of it because I do play a little bit of uh, Call of Duty also. And I've been playing, getting back into uh, Overwatch. But other than that, man, I, I'm really enjoying this game. If you have not played it, and you haven't got it um, in the last three years, I recommend getting into it. It's it's a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, so far, so good. And I'm going to play a little bit more. I'll probably do a little bit more of it, a uh, little bit more of a uh, uh, story on it next week, talk about what I've been doing. I definitely look forward to getting into the multiplayer because I want to see what that's all about and building up. But, yeah, the whole uh, the campaign so far is awesome. It's awesome. It really draws you in. It's very easy to play. And uh, thanks to playing things like Call of Duty, my aim is like fucking locked on, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been having a great time. I mean, I'm taking out the enemy like it's nothing. So, yeah, I can't wait to get into some uh, multiplayer PvP and see what happens. And congrats to Respawn that uh, made Titanfall 2. Uh, they ended up winning the game award for best multiplayer game with apex legends really so, yeah they wow. ended up winning awesome. that one so awesome I, I mean it's crazy to think about what Titanfall fall 3 could have been before they reworked it but yeah um, respawn still made a really good game and it's got its credit where it was due so congrats to the respawn team on that yeah congrats respawn and awesome <laughs> that's really cool are listening <laughs> um <laughs> i'm sure if we hashtag them they will yeah. So go about uh, 12 um, minutes into it, you'll hear a grats to you. <laughs> I cracked myself up. <laughs> and on that note of cracking yourself, um, let's go on to the news. The newest news. Oh, yeah, it's time for the news, bitch. So I'm going to dive into news this week and um, did I say die or dive? You said, I think you said die. I, okay. I'm going to die <laughs> from drowning in how much news we have this week. We're drowning <laughs> in news. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to just dive into it and get it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to dwell too much on any of these topics. So if it sounds like I'm doing quick fire, I am intentionally because there's some big topics that we actually intended on talking about later on in this episode. Yeah. And I feel like we could have a two-hour show just from news if I did what we normally do. True. <laughs> um, so 
I was going to talk to you about this before the show to let you ask you if you even knew about this. Do you know about the time to die watch in modern warfare? Uh, no, I was actually reading your notes and I was going to pull up a story on that, but I wanted to be surprised. So, okay. So you play it more than me. I play quite a bit. So yeah. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known this, but apparently there was a stat that you could see during games where you could see how many deaths players on your team had. Really? Yes. And this was a stat that is strategically useful if you want to know if one of your teammates is like getting camped and picked on and you need to like pair them up with someone else. Oh, you wow. I'm saying? That's an interesting thing. That sounds so, like it would be very it, useful. And it's been in the game since it launched. However, this last week it was removed, the feature, and the feature is now a time to die watch, which is a bonus that is only available in the mother Russia, uh, DLC. That's basically $20. Oh, wow. So they removed a feature that was already in the game and then they repackaged it in a bundle so that to basically get that information, you have to pay for it. So it's really <laughs> clever. It is clever, man. <laughs> it is clever because this is not something that seems obviously strategically viable. This isn't something that just any Joe Blow would read what it does and go, oh, man, that's cheating if people can pay to know that knowledge. Um, the thing is, it somewhat is a really good knowledge if you want to know which teammate is having a hard time and if you need to move them or something. Um, and in so real life, you would as, pay for that knowledge anyway. So right. it makes sense. I mean, it makes perfect sense that you would have to pay for that kind of knowledge. And most people are going to buy it anyway. It's just, especially competitive teams. Right. But that type of excuse you wouldn't use uh, in another situation because this is one of those things where what if there was only one person who couldn't view it? True. Because they were the only ones that didn't pay for it. That True. puts them at somewhat a strategic disadvantage. Unless now, they allow it. You could just say, get good and just don't die. Unless but. they allow it if you're grouped <laughs> up with a team of people that do have it. It uh, could be. Yeah, but the thing is, even if no, no one on your team had it and your opponent had it, that would put them at an advantage to all five of you or whatever the squad's number is. I don't even know what a squad is. What, four? Uh, oh, no, 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 no. You you have different game modes, but uh, most of the time I group up with a group of six and we we do okay. like uh, uh, we do um, uh, headquarters uh, with basically hard point. We do, uh, um, you know, uh, search and destroy, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, team deathmatch. Yeah. OK, well, maybe maybe keep an eye out this week. Since yeah, absolutely. Let me know your opinion on if you think that it's kind of bullshit that it's only available in a $20 package and it was also already available to everyone before that they removed the feature now that part seems a little cheesy it. yeah that part seems a little cheesy I mean it's a great you know capitalist kind of move but you know naming it mother Russia and capitalist at the same time is kind of a little <laughs> no, it's it's something that you can see when you're done with your game they have not changed that when you finish your game you can still see how many times you died it's oh yeah, statistics. yeah statistics yeah. But to see it live in a game, you can only see it if you have that. But at the same time, time to die watch. It seems a little useless because good teams 
are going to call out like if you're if if one of your guys is getting camped and he can't get out of spawn, <laughs> he's gonna say, Hey guys, I can't get out of spawn. I got this sniper hey, at this dead. position. Hey, I'm dead. And, <laughs> yeah, and he's gonna well, he's gonna call out where it's at. I mean, I've been playing with some a couple of really good guys, one captain from the EU and one captain from the from the US. And they've been uh really, really heavy. The competitive people are really heavy on calling it out. So if you if you're getting camped, you call it out, your guys are gonna help you. So in a way, it may be useless to competitive teams, but I could see how it could be very useful to the casual player of people or group of guys that squad up and play together, you know? So yeah, right. I, it could be useful, but at the same time, you don't really need it if you have a lot of good, uh, a, a lot of good communication. Yeah. I'd like to see it in use first. I want to know if yes. one person can see everyone on your team's deaths that way they can make executive decisions yeah it would that be good for the captain be like not having to call out every single thing and be like did what's his name say he died six times or did what's his name say he died three times that yeah. way they don't have to be keeping it all in their head and they can focus on the game they can just quickly flash up who's been obviously camped you know yeah every time i die i um, pull up the stats and it tells me how many times people well not every game will tell you how many times people have died <laughs> well, not some anymore. games will <laughs> so maybe that's why i haven't been seeing the deaths as much it's very possible okay. but that's interesting well, just let man. me know your opinion by absolutely. next week this is something we need to absolutely i'll i'll do some uh, research on it tonight recon okay recon um, <laughs> Uh, next piece of news is the Untitled Goose Game is going to Game Pass next week. Oh, dude, I'm downloading this. Awesome. I'm downloading <laughs> it. It looks so um, fun. It's it's really cool because um, we've heard about ridiculous amounts of money that um, Xbox has given publishers for games like Devil May Cry 5. And, oh, yeah. Um, some of the larger ones get ridiculous amounts, but they also had larger budgets. So, you know, everything kind of comes down to it. But... Uh, Untitled Goose Game is a very out of left field indie game that no one expected to blow up on social media. Very and low budget game. I'm too. sure. I'm sure that Game Pass gave them a lot. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> a it ex, if compared a, to their budget for a know? low budget game. It's extremely popular, dude. Extremely loved. Yeah. So it's really cool that they're getting on Game Pass this quickly after it was popular, and yes. I think it's really good timing because. I think the popularity on social media has already kind of died down a little bit, but this is like the perfect time to like release it on Game Pass so that even more people know about it. Oh, yeah. And when more people know about it, more word of mouth, people will be like, hey, I just played this game, Untitled Goose Game. It's really cool because it was in Game Pass. And then their friend who doesn't have an Xbox or a PC, you know, will buy it on Switch or something. And, you know, it's just it just helps the developer overall getting their name out there. Absolutely. And uh, increasing their revenue. So it's really cool to see a game, basically this type of indie success story <laughs> in the year in December when it just came out in like September or something. Yeah, I know. Um, and it's blown in the up. year getting on Game Pass. It's really cool. Is this uh, does this have a multiplayer mode or is it, is it just one entirely single player? I honestly don't know. I've just seen the single player. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Multiplayer would be interesting. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't think I've seen anyone do that, so I'm not, I don't think it has that. I'm definitely uh, going to download it. But I'll let you know it. Yeah, I'll be next week it. because I think it should drop this week. It should drop, I think, by Friday. Yeah. At the yeah, latest. So. 
Well, no, this next week is coming up. Yeah, it's Sunday, right? It may drop Tuesday. Yeah, it very well may. <laughs> um, so uh, keep an eye out for that. If you have Game Pass, really cool. Yep. Um, next thing was uh, we had Indie World uh, this last week. And the main announcement that I paid attention to, there was a bunch of indie titles announced that were releasing in the upcoming year. Hardly any of them had months. It was really funny. They all said 2020. <laughs> um, but the main one that I noticed was Sports Story, which is a sequel to a game called uh, Golf Story, which was on um, a lot of systems, but it was probably most made famous on the Switch. Um and it's a really cool little 16-bit um, story where you basically <laughs> – it's like an RPG based around playing golf. Um, it's really hard to explain it, but believe me, it's a really, really fun game. Um, it's worth a playthrough. It's got great humor, um, and it just reminds you of old adventure games. It's just hilarious that it is built off of playing golf <laughs> – <laughs> and so uh, they're making a sequel called Sports Story, and it looks like it includes other sports like uh, volleyball and tennis. And uh, so it's going to be basically Golf Story, but with more RPG elements and more adventure game elements. So it looks really cool. It once again, it just said 2020. So look oh. out for it next year. Um I, I, it's probably going to be really good because the first game was so stellar. Um, next piece of news I have is MLB. The show um, was announced that it's going to go multi-platform. Oh, wow. And now this is crazy news because if you know anything about MLB, the show, you probably know that it is the game to play for baseball fans. Oh, it yeah. It's like the defining baseball game. Yes. I remember I used to play it on the PlayStation 3. I used to love this game because of its customization. And it really felt like you were, it really felt like you were making a lot of decisions that really affected the game. It didn't feel like the game played itself. And that's what was really cool about the show. And it's, it's continued every year. It's a huge franchise. Um, but the thing is, it's always been an exclusive to PlayStation because PlayStation owns the developer of the show and they own the rights to it. So yeah. to see it announced that it's going multi-platform is pretty crazy because PlayStation doesn't have anything like that yet. <laughs> um, we see things like Minecraft, which uh, Microsoft owns, gets put on everything. But we're like, oh, well, OK, Minecraft is, you know, this monster giant that, of course, they have to put it on everything. But the thing is, they really don't have to put it on the PlayStation. True. Microsoft could have middle fingered PlayStation and put it on everything, including phones, you know, but they put it on PlayStation for people that own one. And that's really cool. Um, there's other developers that do the same thing. And uh, we've seen Microsoft do it more than anyone. But to see PlayStation do it with the show is just crazy because... Yes. Uh, just in the last couple of years, Sony has gotten a lot more friendly with other companies yeah. <laughs> for the longest time. They've been very elitist and it's, it's crazy to see them do things like this. So like right after they tweeted that the show was going to be on multiple platforms, mm -hmm. um, immediately Microsoft, uh, tweeted, retweeted it and said something like, 
it's going to be great to see so many more players get to play this. Yes. And, and then Nintendo retweeted it with just a baseball emoji. So like, it's actually going to be on the switch, which is crazy. And, um, but this is what people are calling for, man. This is the thing yeah. people, every people with PlayStation want to play against people with, with Xbox. And I notice, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a let's take Call of Duty for instance, since that's multiplayer, yeah. and that's one of the first ones that I've been playing multiplayer. Um, now, yes, PC people, I'm going to tell you right now, they have been smoking a lot of folks. Okay, that's why I'm very interested in playing it on PC. However, I, I noticed a lot of a lot more camaraderie than uh, than a lot of infighting. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I expected there to be a lot of, yeah. oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm PlayStation. I'm going to whoop your ass, Xbox, and blah, blah, blah. I expected there to be a little bit of that. But most of it seems more friendly than uh, than uh, trollish. You know what I it, it just seems like it's a good thing. It's ended up being a good thing. And all in all, these companies are going to make a shit ton of money off of this multi-platform stuff. Right. The only people that are really holding on to the... Um, console war type attitude of uh, my shit's better than yours or <laughs> Xbox ain't got yeah. shit or or switches for babies and stuff. Those people are just like narrow-minded 16 to 26-year-old males. <laughs> and <laughs> they're the only people that will like basically take it to their grave. And like yeah. everybody else is on this train of just like, <laughs> you know, everything's really cool and we could all just play together and the mature like, what's players the problem with that you know <laughs> um but no like whenever i look at this stuff online like oh, yeah. anything like an announcement of like the new xbox console which we'll talk about later there's always like comments in the feeds of people like being like if they could just get a good game <laughs> or something you're just like okay <laughs> whatever <laughs> but like it's, it's just crazy to see that attitude but then i'm glad that all these these brands are actually marketing it, acting like that's not there, yeah. which is really healthy rather than addressing the trolls. Absolutely. Just act like this is what we should have been acting like the whole time. Yeah. Because um, I've been playing with people on uh, PlayStation a lot, and I've made a lot of new friends playing these games that they, they right. don't play on Xbox. And it's just a great, it's it's a gaming community, man. And it's turning to be, out to be a really well, good thing. Well, I mean, to be honest with sales, if you're playing something as popular as Call of Duty, yes. probably about 80% of the people you're playing with are going to be PlayStation. <laughs> it's It has such a huge you'd, player base. You'd be so surprised. Own a PlayStation. You'd be surprised, man. I have seen so many Xbox and just, you know... Uh, but don't get me wrong. There's some games where we'll get three or four of us are on Xbox and the rest are PC. And we're like, oh, God, here it comes. Here comes the smash, you know, disconnect. <laughs> but then, oh, no. But then, you know, then we end up sometimes we end up smashing them. You know, uh, you okay. can. You can. Yes. Uh, it depends if you're in competitive. But, yeah, most of the time. No, I mean, if we're if we're playing against a bunch of PC players and uh, we had one guy, it was an obvious hack. And the guy went, uh, I think he went 93 and two <laughs> and it was absolute. And we and his own team called him out, bro. His own team called him out and said, you're using a name bot. You're using a hack. And he came back with something like, so are you guys mad? Everybody reported him, even his own team. It was ridiculous, but there was no possible way. Every shot was one shot headshot. 
and you'd, sh- you'd shoot the guy, and you'd put five or six rounds into him, and he wouldn't go down. I mean, guys were having to unload an entire clip in the dude before he went down. So obviously it was a hack. And you're going to run into that anyway. But, you know, once again, with some of our former stories of, uh, of the cheat stuff, they'll catch these people. So it doesn't really bother me too much. It's few and far between right now. But, yeah, I, uh, I've, I've, I mean, I've enjoyed the crossplay. <laughs> I think it's a wonderful thing, and I'm glad that all these companies are doing it. I'm glad that Microsoft and PlayStation are working together, or Microsoft and Sony. Do, we should do like an anti-cheating PSA that looks like it came from the mid-90s. And we should do a Benetton commercial of uh, Sony and, <laughs> and Microsoft <laughs> holding hands. Oh my God. <laughs> On the cover of the Just Friends series. <laughs> Yeah, the friend zone. It'll be or, Nintendo, uh, Microsoft, and Sony. Friends. Maybe it's called. <laughs> is it called Best Friends or something? I forget. It's really dumb. Um, maybe it's Good Friends. I think it might be called Good Friends, but oh I'm sure God. it's heavy in fiber. But um, <laughs> that's awesome. Anyway, we were talking about the show. Let me try to wrap up what I was saying about the show. Um, it's the thing is. We've talked about how EA basically makes every sports game, but the only ones that they can't succeed and be the top of is um, basketball, which 2K has like stolen from them. Oh, they yeah. Just, they didn't even release uh, NBA Live this year. Um, and baseball is weird because there's not any competition because the show has exclusive rights yes. to those players. If you ever see any other games that are baseball related, they can't get any official uh, players association names because it's exclusively to the show on PlayStation. So yeah. there's there's people that have probably for years never been able to play a baseball game with uh, players from teams that they know. And it's really cool to see that this game is finally going to be cross and I don't know. I guess they're just taking maybe a nod from Microsoft with uh uh, Minecraft is just one of those things where if you make it more available, it's something like that can just thrive, you know, like it's fine if PlayStation keeps some properties to make people buy their console. But the thing is, nobody buys a PlayStation to play MLB the show. <laughs> so it's one of those things where that thing can only increase in sales. It's oh, not yeah. a system seller, but they can make more money and make a better game by putting more money into the game. Yes. Knowing that there's going to be a higher return if they're making money on like the Nintendo switch, which is currently the best selling, uh, console. Yeah. Um, I mean, for starters, the switch has the top 20 best selling games of the month. So that's how much (laughs) better the switch is doing than PlayStation and Xbox right now. It's a smart move, man. It's a very smart move. They are going to see some huge sales during the, during the uh, Christmas season, man. Yeah, or, so. or whenever they come out with it. I hope it's during the Christmas season, but yeah, who knows? It'd be cool if they just converted the previous show uh, right now and just yes. put it up for sale before the new one comes Dude, out. Dude, they would sell a shit ton. They would sell we're a ta- lot. Since we're talking about um, cross-platform stuff, uh, Minecraft released a crazy inspiring uh, ad for uh, PlayStation where it talked about cross-play where you can actually join other servers from PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox. All these people can now play 
on the same in the same worlds because if they were originally within the thing. So if you bought Minecraft on Xbox, you can play with other people with it on Xbox. Yes. And the same within each version of the game. But now there's a new ad where it's crazy because it shows it shows all these different people playing Minecraft. There's one guy on a switch and his backdrop in his room is red. And there's a guy with a controller and his backdrop is blue. And there's a, a girl with a controller and her backdrop is green. And like, you don't even need them to tell you that this is switch Xbox PlayStation, just the visuals alone. Yeah. And the colors make you immediately go, Oh, this is cross platform. And then it shows all these characters from the different IPs skinned on the Minecraft characters. And you're like, oh, this is like cross-platform. Like, they don't even have to say anything in the commercial for you to understand. But the one thing that it did drop was that it only would work with Xbox Live logins. So now this is interesting. There's going to have to be a way now that you can log into an Xbox Live account yeah, you on get your the PlayStation app. or Switch. You, you'd probably be able to get the app. Well, that app has never been available. <laughs> on I, bet it's, I bet that's Switch. how they're going to do it. Is I, I bet they're going to make the app available, um, and because that's how we do it with some of the PlayStation players on Call of Duty, is they have the app on their phone and they're able to join our party to talk to us instead of doing just the game chat. Because we've noticed a little bit of confusion with the game chat with crossplay. Uh, a lot of people right. end up getting booted off, etc. So, or I'm sorry, etc. But yes, so we, <laughs> we, uh, I don't I, even know how to say that word. <laughs> well, I I heard a great thing on the other day when somebody said it's not et cetera, it's et cetera. But yes, yeah, so uh um unless I, you're extra cetera. Yeah, it could be. You could be extra cetera. But I think that they're gonna uh <laughs> I think they're gonna make the app available. It's a smart way to do it. Um, because you just log on to the app and yeah. I, I think it would be very, very easy. Let me say my last point sure. of news. Uh, sure. We can come back to talk about that because what we were just talking about really makes me want to talk about the Xbox. Yes. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, the last piece of news I have is that this week we got an announcement that there would be a new Bioshock game and that there's a new Bioshock game in development right now. So what's really cool about this is we already had a remaster set of the original three games and this this is just confirming that this isn't another remaster. This isn't another skin of the game. And this isn't something for, as far as the wording goes, it doesn't sound like it's something for like cell phones or VR or something like that. It sounds like it's an actual either Bioshock 4 or some people have been talking about the concept of it maybe being a reboot. And I wouldn't be mad at either of those. A reboot would be really cool because the way Bioshock is set up, um, you could just do it with different characters within the same world. Um, it's just got that type of world building that a reboot actually kind of makes sense on Bioshock. Um, uh, as far as Bioshock 4 goes, so many people were polarized about Bioshock 3 that it may be a safer route to just reboot it. You know, take a, a note from Resident Evil 2's success, basically making a you know, the most ridiculous way of viewing a remake, <laughs> basically from the bottom up, just creating a game and then just calling it a remake. Um, that would be really cool if Bioshock was rebooted in that sense where it wasn't like shot for shot, reskinned and just HD quality up. 
Um, if it was just totally remade, that'd be really cool. And uh, I would I would really enjoy playing that. That's something that I would really think would shine on something like the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X for next gen. Because Bioshock, even on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, it had really good use of lighting. And something like that actually rendered and designed for 4K HDR slash 8K would be really nice. And Bioshock, that just seems like something like a marriage made in heaven, basically. So I I would expect if they're just announcing now that they're developing it, I would expect it 2021 at the soonest. I don't think 2020 for sure. Uh, 2021 summer, maybe, or 2022 even, you know. Yeah. And that's my last thing of news. I know I tried to quick fire through it, didn't get through it as fast as I would have hoped. But, oh, you know, we had some good points. We're, yeah, I mean, we had some things to discuss on it. But uh, I have some really quick stories, man. It's not going to take that long at all. Uh, basically, uh, first one that I want to talk about is the Epic Game Store. Um, starting yeah. on December 19th, they haven't released the names of these games, but they are going to be giving away a game a day starting on December 19th. So you can go there and uh, they're going to be giving away 12 games uh, between now and the new year, uh, starting, like I said, on December 19th. Um, and basically, it's a way to get you into their uh, their their sale that they're going to be kicking off at the same time in case any of those free games don't, you know, you know, interest you or anything like that. But um, the funny thing is, is that because we see nothing but sales happening all the time on these gaming sites, there's already a sale going out to mark the uh, gaming awards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happened a couple of days ago. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you've got an Epic uh, launcher and there's some free games that you want to get. It never hurts to check it out because you may see something that interests you. Uh, but like I said, it starts on the 19th. So every day starting on the 19th, they will be giving away a game. So check it out. Maybe something you'll like and uh, see what they got. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about Currently, real quick. Wolf Among Us is free. Yes, Wolf Among Us. Uh, yeah, that game But never. that's part of their, their weekly free thing, which they already yeah. had. They already have weekly free games. Right. Yeah, it never. Yeah, yeah, they did, and it that game never really interested me anyway. But if somebody knows something else about it and they like it, just send me a send me a a, a tweet on Twitter and let me know what's up. Maybe uh, if there's something that I about should what? check out about that game, The Wolf Among Us, because I've seen that. But oh, it's great! I played it. Really? Well, you're gonna have to tell me a little bit about it then later on. Uh, the Elder Scrolls, people were asking about that. And I think last week I talked about how the Elder Scrolls uh, game, uh, the new uh, uh, update or whatever, the new expansion was being put on hold. Well, apparently at the gaming, uh, the gaming awards show, they released details on it and uh, said that the uh, signals, they did a cinematic that uh, signaled the conclusion of the season of the dragon. And um, there's all sorts of crap that's going in. But when everything comes to light, it's going to Skyrim. Um, It's called the Dark Heart of Skyrim. Uh, Details on that are not going to be shared until January 16th. Uh, They're going to be doing a Twitch live stream. Uh, It begins at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern. And uh, it's going to be a major uh, that it's also going to be an in-game event. 
so yeah, it's the next chapter in the whole thing. It's called The Dark Heart of Skyrim. I think it's going to be kind of cool. This might be something that I watch on uh, January 16th to see what's going to be happening. But they're going to share all the details then. So it's January 16th on the Twitch live stream. It's at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. And uh, check that out. It's going to be pretty cool. I think it's a really cool move that they're doing. Um, Maybe combining both games together. Who knows? It might be kind of cool. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting little uh, story. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are fans out there. I haven't played Elder Scrolls Online. Is that what you're talking about? Elder Scrolls Online? Yes. See, I haven't played it. and I know it has its fans, but I do know a lot of people, whenever they hear anything about Elder Scrolls Online, get angry because they just want Elder Scrolls 6 and what comes after Skyrim, you know? Yeah. But um, But Skyrim's really successful and everybody loves it, so... I've been watching a guy recently playing Skyrim and uh, he's been streaming it in 4K. It looks amazing. I actually want to check this game out. I have never played it, but I have several friends that have, and they've told me, oh, you got to check out the Elder Scrolls. You got to check out freaking Skyrim, all that crap. But uh, I've never played it. It's just, it it just seemed like a lot more work than I wanted to put into it. But um, visually, (laughs) it's it's, a lot of hours. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Visually, it's incredible. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. And uh, when I was watching this dude uh, play on um, DLive, he was playing uh, Skyrim. It it just looked amazing in 4K. It looked absolutely beautiful. So I'm really interested to see what these guys do with this, uh, how they're going to merge the two together. But yeah, it should be pretty cool. Yeah, you could do a stream of Skyrim and call it hashtag last man on earth that hasn't played Skyrim. (laughs) (laughs) No knowledge, you know, and then people just be laughing at mistakes you make because they're like, oh my God. Probably. Just be like, dude, I've never played this. (laughs) Killed by a dragon or two. Yeah. You know, (laughs) no, you'll be like throwing away items that are really good and then keeping cups and stuff that they're like just trash. (laughs) Actually, you know, that might not be a bad idea. Playing Skyrim first time. Please come help me and watch. I'll have like a (laughs) hundred viewers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> It'll be crazy. Everybody giving me advice. You're a moron. <laughs> That's not advice. <laughs> Constructive. That's not advice. That's an opinion. As true <laughs> as it may be. <laughs> but yeah, uh, another piece of news. This is actually kind of cool. Uh, League of Legends. Everybody knows the uh, cool, popular uh, multiplayer game. Uh, Ruined King is going to be the first single player League of Legends game. Um, the uh, developer Airship Syndicate is making the uh, first game under uh, Riot Forge uh, Publishing. And uh, yeah, they just announced it and they're setting it out to uh, come out in 2020, of course. (laughs) Nobody knows exactly when in 2020. But um, yeah, it's going to be turn-based combat. Um, not a lot of information has come out about it, except for the fact that they've they've named it uh, Ruined King, and it looks like it might be kind of fun. There is an official oh. trailer on it. Uh, it looks kind of cool. But yeah, League of Legends is getting uh, their own little single-player story game. So yeah, have fun with that, now, guys. Yeah, I could dig that, because I think League of Legends probably doesn't have enough lore Yes. how many characters they have. This might be so, a good way to do that. Yeah, you're, you have yeah, a good point that's, there. 
because we're we, like how Overwatch is getting a sequel just to basically have story for once. <laughs> and what they're saying, um, though, is that they they've made a new take on turn based combat. So they're saying it's not exactly Final Fantasy is what they're trying to say. Yeah, that could be it. But <laughs> but that's but interesting. I can see them making a game like that. That's what's cool. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of interesting with, you know, if it's a new take on turn-based combat, what is that going to be? So I, I really, I, I'm really interested to see some of the gameplay videos that come out if anybody ends up playing the beta, which you know several, you know, high-profile streamers are probably going to get invited into the beta or or competitive yeah. members are probably getting invited into it. So, you know, and, you know, but at the same time, you're going to have people that are still the League of Legend multiplayer lovers that don't want to see this kind of thing happen, you know. And, you know. I, gonna... I think it's going to be ridiculously big because oh, so League of Legends is the biggest game in the world. Yes. And RPGs are on their biggest comeback ever thanks to, like, the Switch. Yeah. And uh, to make a JRPG-style version of League of Legends is yep. – it's, it's probably going to be the number two game when it comes you know out what I to think, just though. to League of Legends. And I want everybody to remember this, that it's better to play with a group than with yourself. Just saying. <laughs> so – Anyway. Yeah, but some some people would argue that this single player turn based game is playing with other virtual characters, so that's that's their people. Yeah, that's true. But so can you know people on a screen while you're playing with yourself. But whatever. Um, go ahead. <laughs> uh, recently, uh, a couple shows back, I talked about Senua's Sacrifice that I was playing. Um, I, I kind of got involved in it and then I stopped playing it. The reason why is because it really kind of bugged me with all the voices happening in my head <laughs> everywhere. And I was like, man, I can't, you know, I couldn't focus or anything. But I just recently watched a trailer of uh, a part two, which is Senua's Saga. And. Oh, it, you're talking about Hellblade? Yes. Oh, my God. If you have not so seen the trailer. The, I've seen the trailer. It claims that they claimed that that was game rendered, that that's like, oh, yeah, what the game's going to look like. Oh, yeah, dude. Now, Senua's I don't know how much I believe that, but it was part of Xbox One. Yes. Xbox Series X's presentation at the Game Awards. It so, I mean, it looked amazing and it looked scary and it looked freaky. And I was like, man, now I want to go back to send you a sacrifice and finish the game. It was absolutely the the video, the trailer is incredible. It's absolutely incredible and freaky. And yeah, it, it just I mean the first game was so <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh and the last thing that I want to talk about, um, I was gonna talk about Outer Worlds uh with some downloadable content, but uh for some reason uh I've lost my notes on that. So I'm gonna talk about a game that is coming out uh in 2020 <laughs> and it's coming out PS4. We're so professional, my god. <laughs> I know. I was gonna talk about uh the uh <laughs> now I completely forgot. Just go on. I completely forgot. <laughs> good. But uh, anyway, a uh, game that's coming out to PS4, Xbox One, and PC in 2020, of course. And uh, it's Fast and the Furious Crossroads. Um, Fast and the Furious is getting a game. I think it's uh, a new game, and I think it's pretty cool. Uh, it's going to have um, 
Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, and Tyrese Gibson, they're going to be actually starring in the game. And uh, it's being published by uh, Bandai Namco, so it's going to be kind of cool. Uh, Slightly Mad Studios is creating it. Um, uh, they did Project Cars uh, back in the day, so it it doesn't – the trailer doesn't give away a lot. Uh, it doesn't tell you a lot about what's going to be <laughs> happening on it, but it, it does look cool. It's um, – you know, international espionage, all that kind of crap, and, you know, high-speed heists yeah. and stunts and whatnot. And, you know, they're going to have to um, – they're going to have to fight, you know, certain people. But it also has uh, from John Wick Chapter 3, uh, Kate Dillon uh, – Asia Kate Dillon, I'm sorry. And uh, from The Walking Dead, uh, I want to make sure I'm saying her name right, but it's uh, Sonequa Martin-Green. And uh, so, yeah, it's got a lot mm -hmm. of stars that are going to be in this game. That's one of the big things that I've seen happening a lot now is more of these high-profile stars are getting into these games. And I think it's a really cool thing. Um, they say it's going to be out in May of 2020. I don't know how true that is because I imagine that, like other developers right now, they're going to be putting a lot of work into it and making sure it's perfect before they release it. <laughs> but this is actually something I'm I'm thinking about getting. Um, I really like the movies. I've seen every one of them and, uh, um, I'm really interested to play this game. <laughs> I really so am. Let's, are you, are you done with your news? Yeah, I'm done with it. Okay. Cause this is a great segue into talking about the gaming awards because the Fast and the furious game was, um, revealed at the gaming awards and yeah. what is hilariously, of all things, it was this game was announced as the last announcement of the gaming awards. It was right before Vin Diesel announced what won game of the year. <laughs> so this is the last thing they did. And the whole time you're wondering if maybe they're about to announce Fast and Furious 9 because they got Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel to show up. And yeah. you're just like, what are they doing here at the show? <laughs> So it's really funny because it's near the end of the show and you're just like, why, why are they here? And then you see a Fast and Furious game and you're like, oh, okay. And then Michelle Rodriguez makes this, um, is that her name? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Michelle Rodriguez makes this analogy about how it started as this and then it was a movie and then now it's a game and how it's come full circle. The thing is they've already made two other Fast and Furious games and there was a Fast and Furious DLC to a Forza game. So like this isn't like the first time Fast and Furious has tried to capitalize off of the gaming industry at all. Yeah. And so I, I don't know if she wasn't aware of that. She also she also cringely said uh Tekken or something. Tekken. She said Tekken when she was trying to say Tekken as the fighting game. She said that her and Vin Diesel played Tekken all the time, but that was cringe. But yeah. um if you go look up their part, it's pretty ridiculous that it's at the end. But I, I assume it's at the end because there's this whole them trying to merge the film industry with the gaming industry. You were talking about that. That's why I was saying everything you were saying was good segues. Um, You're talking about how bigger stars are getting in games. And it's yeah. really because they're trying to merge these two yeah. industries because they're both – millions of dollars are being put into them and they're making millions. They're both yeah. these huge industries. They have a lot of people that work on the same stuff. You know, uh, visual, visual artists can work on movies and they work on games. You got composers that work on movies, sometimes work on games. 
You've got people like Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead being in Death Stranding. You've got Kojima talking about wanting to go to filmmaking, which isn't that crazy from what we know he can do as a game developer. And yeah. um, it's just one of those things where they're trying to trying to merge the two basically scenes of entertainment and I'm guessing that's why they put him at the end, because like if you're gonna get Vin Diesel or someone, I'm I don't know. Maybe they're trying to get another Keanu moment, like at E3. But uh, Vin Diesel was there. But the only thing to take away from it was Michelle Rodriguez saying to Ken. But um, <laughs> it, it it is crazy to see that. I thought it was just hilarious that the last announcement was Fast and Furious. I felt felt like it could have been earlier in the show yeah. because there were some big game announcements. You oh know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. There and, was a oh, go ahead. There was a lot of dead silence when they were making their announcements about Fast and Furious and stuff. The crowd was pretty quiet, but um, as compared to like things like when Hellblade came up, the crowd was going nuts. You know. Oh yeah. And. Uh, it's Hellblade just, it's looks just crazy. Crazy good. I mean, I'm not going to lie about that. And a lot of the comments that I've seen in uh, about uh, Fast and the Furious, uh, like, what did you use? A PlayStation 2 engine? Uh, why does Vin Diesel's muscles look bigger than in the movies? Uh, they look <laughs> they look like Minecraft car- characters. But here's the thing. I don't think what people what people don't understand is I think what they did is they threw out the announcement quickly in order to get a little bit of buzz about the game, but I honestly believe that they're going to be running it through a, a a very badass engine in order to get it out there. And a lot of people loved the the um, the the uh, makers of the car game anyway. So it, it, they the driving part of that is probably going to be incredible. Um, I think that it's just going to need some touch up. And that when it does come yeah. out, because people are already saying that <laughs> they can't wait to get it out of the bargain bin. And it's like, I mean, it it didn't look great. The trailer (laughs) did not look great. I will give it that. However, I don't think they're completely finished with the game. And I think May is a, uh, a uh, low ball date that they're giving just to give a date out. I think they're actually going to put it on hold and it's going to come out later in 2020. And it's probably going to end up being an incredible game. I mean, the game awards are kind of confused on what they actually even are. I've talked to this, <laughs> yeah. I've talked about this to some people this week about how it's it's like, wait, what is it? Why are there just random commercials and teasers in it? Why were there like five Magic the Gathering ads in it? Um, it's just it's a ridiculous show, and I I feel like it needs to be a little bit more professional in the way it's presented. But at the same time, you know that they have to get their bills paid. And to get their bills paid, Magic the Gathering has to buy five ads. Um, but also to get their bills paid, I feel like the Fast and Furious thing was a very expensive PR um, yeah. slot. I think that slot right before the game of the year had to be the mo- most expensive ad space. And then they also paid Vin Diesel and uh, Michelle Rodriguez to come present it. So yeah. uh, whoever... I, it's probably whoever what is universal own fast and furious whoever that company is put a lot of money into this and i bet about oh, yeah. most of the game awards was paid for those two ads basically yeah and so like hopefully the best thing you could take from it is universal being a um large company that gets into music and games and television and movies but mostly a movie company 
is seeing that the game awards are a viable, you know, opportunity to showcase their brand of a game extension onto one of their film franchises. And that's a good thing. And um, we can see just more of that come into play. And then there'll be less disrespect for um, games, basically, as a viable source of entertainment. Because uh, let me get way off point. (laughs) Um, Back when the first, um, was it called Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Was it Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? I, th- I think when the first one came out, yeah. I wanted Andy Serkis to be nominated for an acting award. But the thing is, he was doing motion capture, so nobody cared. Yeah. But he did such an incredible performance. He did. And he freaking acted like a monkey. When he played Caesar? And he had to like, yes, he yes. had to study how monkeys move. Yes. And also do voice acting. And not only that, but he did a bunch of other characters too. Yeah. Where he like learned other different breeds of chimps and stuff. <laughs> and he did like, like the Academy Awards, like they gave him no nods because it was like CGI and animated. So nobody cared. And yet that he did the of, acting. Right. But yeah. he was still acting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was like huge in-depth uh, character acting. And that kind of like ignorance basically has come full circle where it's like in the same sense, games are treated like they're not, that big of budget serious roles but i can tell you people like norman reedus are like giving their all and things like death stranding and stuff like they're taking this really seriously oh yeah and so is every other person in the development of it so there's you're gonna see this later on in the gaming awards too probably where actors are given you know awards for best there best was lead in the game you know let, let me look it up there was an award for best really? acting yeah um, oh, Mads Mickelson. I think he uh, was in Death Stranding. Okay. I remember seeing him in the ads. Um, I, I don't know if that's how you say his name. So Mads uh, Mikkelsen, maybe, <laughs> um, got the Gaming Award for performance. And he was in Death Stranding, but you may also know him from things like Doctor Strange, the TV show that Hannibal. He was also in Casino Royale. I believe he was the villain. Um, incredible actor. Um, yeah. He also got a lot of attention for the movie The Hunt. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's cool that he's getting credit because you don't want to, as as a very high actor, a very like seasoned actor, you don't want to go sign on to a video game, give it your all, and then everyone just brush it under the rug like just another performance. To actually receive an award like that or even be nominated, it's really cool that they're actually showing that Video games don't have to be how they used to be because like we're used we we experienced the 90s games where acting was so god awful like things like uh, Resident Evil and the original Silent Hill had like just ridiculously bad voice acting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, To see where we've come today is incredible. Like it's it's great that voice acting is such a popular art right now. I know some voice actors personally and I cannot like commend them enough for improving this art. And it's really cool to see so many people being a part of multiple industries doing things like motion capture and voice acting. And um, I I think that's really cool that he was committed for that. I don't know where we are in the show. (laughs) 
what am I even talking about? I did a segue from what you were talking about to talk about the game awards. Yeah. And I guess we're kind of talking about the game awards right now. So this is one of the, this is one of the main (laughs) topics we were trying to get to. So with the game awards, we talked about a little bit of it, but there were some big upsets. Um, I want to talk about obviously game of the year went to Sekiro and a lot of people didn't expect that. I think some people were thinking death stranding. Yeah. Um, but um outer worlds was nominated for game of the year really so, yeah outer worlds was uh nominated super smash bros ultimate was nominated resident evil 2 the remake was nominated uh control and death stranding i think sekiro was probably the underdog i think a lot of people or the outer worlds i think a lot of people were pushing for death stranding or control or resident evil 2 yeah um Honestly, I didn't even know Smash Bros. was nominated until today. Um, I had heard nobody talk about it being nominated. But um, I think a lot of people thought it would be Resident Evil 2. And what's so surprising is Resident Evil 2 came out with, I believe, zero wins, which is crazy. Uh, this is a game that a lot of people thought were gonna was going to sweep a lot of awards. But uh, Sekiro got um, best game. Mm-hmm. He also got best action adventure game. So those are two big ones uh, that both Death Stranding was beat out for. Um, Death Stranding's main wins was score and direction. So it was cool to see Kojima actually get direction, but it is, um, I'm sure he would rather have gotten it to get game of the year. But um, score and direction are good awards, but those are things that you kind of thought it was going to win. Um you also thought it was going to win narrative. I think a lot of people thought that it was like set in stone that it was going to get the narrative award. But this game that we were talking about before the show, Disco Elysium, uh, won it and about yeah. four other awards. It yeah. won independent game um, and narrative. Narrative was kind of a, an upset because I don't think anyone thought it was going to win that. Um, but apparently I've never heard of this game. But apparently I need to go check it out. It looks like a really good RPG um, indie title. And it's called Disco Elysium. Go give it a check out. I'm sure it's worth it. Yeah. Because if it was swept all these awards. I'm actually going to be the, looking at it. Yeah. It was kind of the one that no one really expected. But it got a lot of awards. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Did you have anything to say about the Game Awards? I was going to look more into it while you Not talk. really, man. Yeah, that was really about it. I mean, there was some really cool announcements, but it it wasn't as groundbreaking as I was hoping it would be. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Of course, um, things like uh, eSports Game of the Year was League of Legends, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, Congratulations to Shroud for being Content Creator of the Year. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, very cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Also also nominated were Ewok. and um, Courage, I know them too. I'm not su- sure. Do you know who Dr. Lupo is? I'm not familiar with him. No, I have not heard of Dr. Lupo. Yeah, but I mean, Shroud's the, obviously the big name on there. Oh, uh, yeah. Ninja was not nominated. Wow. What kind of shit is that? But <laughs> the, the man the man has a soup bowl in Walmart, and he's not nominated for content creation. Ridiculous. I believe creating a soup bowl is worth an award in itself. That's content. That's content. It is. It's a content holder too, but now come out with your own fucking soup and maybe we'll talk. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, uh, let me see what else. 
I'm just looking at some of these. Uh, family game of the year was Luigi's Mansion Three. That, that's Very, an interesting. It is award. a cool game. Yeah, it looks so neat. Um, it's an interesting award because, of course, everything nominated was a Nintendo game. It was against Ring Fit Adventure, Super Mario Maker Two, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and Yoshi's Crafted World. So it was just a Switch best Switch game for kids was the award. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it won Family Game of the Year. Uh, Fighting Game of the Year was Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Just no question there. Um, this like you don't even need to see the other nominees. It went against Jump Force, which was very glitchy on launch. Dead or Alive Six, Mortal Kombat Eleven, which everyone just knows is Mortal Kombat, and Samurai Showdown. So I mean, of course it won. <laughs> um, now that's interesting too. A uh, fresh indie game which we talked about Disco Elysium winning. Um, also nominated on there was Outer was Outer Wilds. That's crazy. I'm going to have to edit this. Is Outer Wilds really a game? Or do they misspell Outer Worlds? It, they may have misspelled Outer Worlds. Outer Wilds is a game. And it is did it? come out this year. Wow. We can just keep that in because that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> There's a game called uh, Outer Wilds, and it also looks really cool. Oh, wow. Dang. It's time for us to do some indie uh, 2019 recap plays. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just go look up all the things nominated for Independent Game of the Year and just, uh, I guess, have the time of your life. These games look really good. Um, mobile Game of the Year was Call of Duty Mobile. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um multiplayer game of the year we talked about it being apex legends it yep. beat out borderlands 3 modern warfare tetris 99 was on there that's crazy and uh the division 2 i guess apex had really no competition besides borderlands 3 i think that's the one that probably could have beat it yeah um narrative went to disco elysium um it went against control uh, a Plague Tale, Death Stranding, and The Outer Worlds. Now, it's funny that The Outer Worlds is on there. I've heard that The Outer Worlds has a very short story, so its narrative must be very good for them to think such a short game is worth nominating. But um, I haven't played uh, The Outer Worlds yet, so I don't know. Does it have like a really good story so far from what um, you've played? I've kind of enjoyed it, um, but I've noticed that those type of games are not for me personally, although I, I like it. I mean, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. It's not, it's not fallout 76. It's definitely <laughs> way better than that. Um, Does it have too much story for you? Because I tend to be of the two of us. I tend to like the story more. It's got a lot of dialogue. You, you deal with a lot of people and, but the thing that I dug about it is that the decisions you make affect the game. So it, it, there, there is way a lot more to do in this game than there is in some of the other story-based games. But I, I, I mean, there is some download <laughs> content that is coming. Um, yeah, for that, so uh, that should be interesting uh, to see what that's going to be about. But yeah, I mean, uh, all in all, I think you'd like it. I think you'd like it. It's worth, it's worth you looking into. I think you'd probably enjoy it. Cool. Um, are you looking at a list of the winners right now? Like, no, I I'm not. No. Okay, so let's play a game actually, right now. <laughs> I was actually looking at uh, uh, another thing that came out, uh, Gears Tactics, that's coming out. I'm very interested in that one. Yeah, our friend Eric was talking about that, so yeah. that looks really good. Yes. 
Um, so l- let me ask you this, since you're not looking at a list of winners. Do you know who won the ongoing game award? Ongoing so this is a game, game that award? keeps getting updates and is an ongoing service game. I don't know. World the nominees War were the domin- <laughs> the nominees were Destiny Two, uh-huh. Final Fantasy Fourteen, Apex Legends, Rainbow Six Siege, and Fortnite. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege. No Fortnite. <laughs> oh well, okay then. I think that's one of those weirdest things where it's just like, I can't believe Fortnite actually won an award right yeah. now. But I mean, <laughs> I, I guess against those other titles, when you're talking about ongoing, why not? They have lightsabers in the fucking game now. I mean, yeah, like they do lots of updates. We've talked about this before. You so, get I close mean, enough like, to kill somebody with a lightsaber in Fortnite, you're doing something wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, that's basically the winners that I wanted to point out, the categories. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the Game Awards need some improving. I, I, I don't know. It was pretty cool to watch some of the things like the orchestra play a bunch of themes that you knew that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I like that stuff. Yeah. That's kind of cool neat. to see a lot of the people that worked on games and see what they actually look like. Um, and talk like <laughs> I was laughing at uh, Kojima's translator. Kojima would talk for about three minutes <laughs> and the, this translator would have to sum it up. And it was just hilarious because Kojima would do these long things, not like two sentences. And then he translates it in English. No, Kojima would like do his whole speech and then expect the guy to translate it. <laughs> so like, what if the guy just like turned around and was just like, he says, thanks, or he says, uh, it's really cool that he got it or something. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, wait, what else did he say? <laughs> what, or what if his translator only translated the parts that were offensive to um, Americans? What if he just translated the Americans or filthy slobs part or something. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, but that's all I really had to say about the game awards. Um, I think it needs improvement, but I mean, it was a fun little time. It's cool to see things like that. Yeah. Um, if you don't have anything else to say about it, I think we can go on to doing our last topic. Yes. As far as I know, which is talking about Xbox series X series X. It was announced at the Game Awards, so let's talk about it real quick. Yeah, let's do that. Um, It's ad (laughs) was interesting. Uh, It starts talking about having a dream and living your dream and that uh, they bring your dreams to life or something like that. I don't know. It was a pretty ambitious ad that was really confusing at first. You were like, what is this an ad for? Um, (laughs) It looked like it starts out looking like a hedge fund. Yeah. (laughs) And... uh, it takes you a while to realize it's for Xbox. Um, you might guess it when you see the car because you might think, oh, Forza. Uh, but you kind of get it when you see Master Chief. You're just like, oh, okay, yeah. it's Halo. It's supposed to be Xbox. Uh, but the Series X was announced. A lot of people are memeing that it looks like a refrigerator because um, <laughs> it's a tall cube. The best name um, that I've heard for it is it should have been called the the Microsoft X-Tangle. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I died when um, I heard that. They have too many X's, dude. There's too many of them. Xbox Series X, uh Windows 10X, Surface Pro X. I mean, right. Xbox One X. Now, now what does X-Files. make more sense? It's 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 actually 
makes the most sense to their brand right now. Oh, yes. To say Series X because I, I know everyone's probably laughing about it, but let's let's break it down on what Xbox could actually be trying to do in this next gen. Yes. And here's what I think it is. I think they're going for more of the hardware Apple angle yes. than the gaming system PlayStation angle. Uh, PlayStation just says, here's a console. It's the one, the two, the three, the four, the five. And we're going to keep doing new consoles. And we have this peripheral called the PSVR. And that's just what they do. Yes. I think since Xbox, um, although they won the generation of the 360, they lost the generation of the Xbox One pretty bad. And what they are marketing for the Xbox One was to make a console that was your all-in-one, which is where they got the word one if you were confused, <laughs> the all-in-one entertainment system that had the Kinect originally, which then was abandoned. And it, you could stream movies on it. It was a Blu-ray player. It was uh, a game <laughs> player, obviously. Yeah. And it was your all-in-one entertainment system. You could even l- upload. Uh, you could get it on Spotify and then plug it into a soundbar. And then it's also your music system. And it was just an all-in-one entertainment system. It made sense. So, yeah. um, but people didn't want that or people wanted the PlayStation 4 more is probably the better way to say that. So their new brand looks like they're making something that is called the Series X, which is already kind of giving way to the idea that they're going to have multiple consoles on launch. Yeah. Now there's been tons of rumors about this as basically confirmed already that there's going to be an entry level version that has no disc drive. And there's going to be a premium version that has a disc drive and it's probably yeah. supports eight K and it's going to be the Cadillac basically. Yeah. Um, or Tesla or whatever you think is nice. Anyway, <laughs> one thing um, I saw was it's the Tesla Cybertruck of Xbox. Basically, yeah, it's basically the truck with the wheels taken off. <laughs> it doesn't, it, you know, it's not. It it doesn't look like it's supposed to look, but the reason why they did it is for specific reasons. It's functionality, and it's, you know, it may I be big and bulky. Cool. <laughs> I think it does too. I think that it's, and the cool thing about it is that you can use it horizontally. You don't have to leave it standing straight up. You will be able to use it horizontally from some of the stuff that I've been reading. So right. you, it may fit in your entertainment center and most entertainment centers are adjustable anyway. Uh, you can adjust the shelf size, etc. But I think that this is going to be, it's a great plan because of the power alone this thing is going to hold. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think it looks fine for what it is because it's probably a better use of its space. Oh yeah. Uh, there's, <laughs> I, I should go look up their name, but there was a Twitter user that, used the USB drive slot on the front of the uh, render of it to basically come up with a measurement of it. (laughs) So he made measurements of the new console by just seeing how big the USB slot was on the picture that was in the commercials. Um, So basically it's going to be about as tall as the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S is if you stood it up. Yes. Um, It does have more volume because it's a square, um, but it's basically as tall and half as wide as the Xbox One right now. But if you you know do some math, uh, it is actually more volume inside, so it can hold yeah. more. Oh, yeah. Um, basically, I guess let's just go through some stats that we have Absolutely. confirmed about it. 
Um, oh, that was actually in my notes. Oops. <laughs> the double the volume, but about the same height. Um, it's able, it's going to be able to suspend multiple games at once. Um, yeah. this is something that we were talking a little bit about before the show, <laughs> but basically what it is, is currently on the Xbox. If you open a game, you can keep that game suspended where it is. If you go to another app, as long as it's a streaming yeah. app. So if yeah. you go to like Netflix or YouTube or something like that, you can hop back into your game wherever it was without losing the, where it was. It doesn't go back to the main menu. It yeah. doesn't have to reload the game and you don't lose your save. Um, it just basically pauses it. But if you open another game, it will close <laughs> that previous game. That's just what it does. Yeah. And to be honest, it's a sensible thing to do because it's going yeah. to allow the Xbox to run better as far as its RAM and everything's processing yes. speed. If it doesn't keep other games open. To run up to its full potential, you need to shut off the other shit. I mean, that's what we were right. saying at the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah. So it shuts off the other stuff, but that's just shit. good design <laughs> <laughs> to do it. Um but the new one is bo boasting that it'll be able to suspend multiple games at once. And that's yes. basically just saying that because it has a solid state drive in it, yes. it'll be able to boot things up from where you left off. But obviously we were talking about the fact that it'd probably be good practice to force close things that you weren't playing to start with. Because if you start complaining that a game is running slow, but you have like 14 games open, <laughs> then maybe that's why it's running slow. Um, so that's kind of a cool brag, but at the same time, I don't think it's something that you would try to abuse, but I mean, it's probably fine to use it between two games. If you, there are two games that you were just hopping between, like, let's say you wanted to do a single player story game like me and then hop into competitive overwatch or something. Yeah. It'd be cool to not have to totally reload both of those games. If there's, those are the only two things you're playing for a week, you know? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that is a cool feature, but I mean, that's just like a luxury. Um, it's also announced that it's going to have cross save on all purchases on the Xbox one mm -hmm. and all backwards compatibility that is also already with the Xbox one. So yes. what that means is every game that you own on Xbox one will be playable on the series X Xbox from launch, which is really cool because that means that their library is already immediately huge. <laughs> well, so some on people launch, it's going to have a huge library. Some people were already complaining about the fact that if they don't buy an Xbox Series X and they still have the Xbox One, that they won't be able to play any of the new games. But from what I've been seeing, a lot of the developers are already talking about making the Xbox Series X and PlayStation games, PlayStation 5 games, but then also making a version that is Xbox One and PS4. So you can buy a lower, uh, it'll be, you know, a lower quality. So you'll be able to run it on the Xbox one, but they're also going to sell the higher quality games, which will probably, you know, be another 10, 15 bucks more that you can play on the series X and the PlayStation fives. I think that's a great idea because number one, they're going to, you know, obviously they're going to, they're going to be able to cash in on it, but they're also keeping their, um, uh, their constituents happy. You know what I mean? They're keeping right. their, their public happy by, by making sure that, yeah, you may not be able to afford the series <laughs> X right away, but you'll still be able to play the same games. It's kind of just dance, still making just dance for the Wii. Yes. <laughs> which is really old, but it's yeah. not quite 
Because yeah. I remember when the generations were changing, there were things like uh, Watch Dogs was on the PS3 and also on the PS4. And I remember Grand Theft Auto 5 was on the last generation PS3, Xbox 360, but it was also on PS4, Xbox One. Now, both of those games ran worse on the PS3 versions because they were lower grade versions of the game, obviously. Yeah. But they made those other versions so that they would cash in on the sales of people that already had, you know, those millions of consoles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was an obviously good move. However, what that did was a phenomena where if I bought it, say, for example, I bought Grand Theft Auto on uh, the previous generation, and then I rebought it on the current generation because it was you know, just a better game on that generation. Mm -hmm. So they got me to buy that game twice. However, what we're talking about is since Xbox One and, and Series X are going to be on the same whole cloud system, if you buy it on yeah. the Xbox One, because like, let's say January 2021, the Series X is already out, but you're still on the Xbox One because let's say you don't have whatever... $600, $700 the Series X is, um, you buy something that launches that generation, that Christmas on the Xbox One. Well, guess what? When you upgrade to the Series X, you can still play it. So yeah. that's totally different. You don't have to buy the game twice anymore. So yes, the developers are reaching people that still have these millions of other consoles, Yes. But at the same time, the consumer doesn't have to rebuy it later. No, so it's already really in their cool. library. And once they get the Series X, they'll still be able to play the game, you know, especially if it's right. a digital download. You know what I mean? It, it, well, either way, they're going to be able to play it. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been talking about this. I was saying that the PlayStation 3 to the PS4 generation was not that big of a jump. Like there was a lot of stuff that looked very similar on both systems. Uh -huh. It was later on in the life of the systems where things started to show that, oh, this is something that couldn't play on the PS3. Like they suddenly started utilizing the system like yeah. halfway through the generation. In the same sense, this next generation jump is not going to seem like much of a jump at first. And it's one of those things where a lot of the games are going to just look like something that could have been played on the Xbox One, I'm sure. And on the Series X, it's just going to run smoother. Um, yeah. Mainly what we're hearing about the next generation is because of solid state drives, because of obviously better processors, which are the biggest culprit of what oh, makes yeah. games not run very well on the current consoles, is those being better are just going to make things run smoother. Oh, yeah. And obviously halfway through this next generation, it's going to feel old and the games are going to feel like they're demanding too much. But the main thing that we're going to see immediately is games are going to be able to have larger worlds and yes. it's going to run smoother loading between different areas. Things like that will be immediately night and day different. I and, agree. Um, that's going to be really cool. Um, I, I don't think that. And plus, you know, a lot of people are saying that it's huge bulky box. But what they need to understand is these guys are not wasting any space. They are putting so much power into this that from everything that I've read, this thing should run and give a uh, a pretty good um, a pretty good uh, competition to some of the high powered PCs. 
So the, as far as the graphics yeah, so processors. The thing is, it's just a small PC is, is yeah. what they're trying to market it and as. And that's to. what a lot of, of console players have been asking for. They they want a console that runs as well as a PC. So I, I think it's going to be an awesome thing. I'm definitely buying one. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm buying one. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I was talking about earlier a little bit about the angle of the marketing of this, but... Um, it really is marketed as a small PC. Yes. And I think that's what they're doing. I think PlayStation is going the next generation game console for home use, and that's yeah. fine. There always needs to be a home console. Nintendo is the portable console. Uh, PlayStation is the home console. But I think Xbox, rather than trying to be the all-in-one entertainment system that they marketed with the last gen that failed, I think they're going for the this is our series of Xbox and it's always going to be cross platform. And yeah. then it's, it's, it's like, it's like you can still have an iPhone five and it can still run brand new games, but not as well as an iPhone, you know, XR. Mm -hmm. It's like that. I think Xbox is trying to make this series X, which is going to have a bunch of different releases. Yes. They may have three or four different Xboxes in like two to three years. Yeah. And I think they're saying that, this is like, you can buy whatever console fits your budget, but you're going to know what each one's advantages are. Yes. And they're all going to run the same games. It's all going to be cross-play, and you can play with anyone with any different one, but, you know, the console fits your budget. And I think that's smart because they're providing the third option that is not being provided by PlayStation and the Switch. Where in the last console generation, Xbox was basically providing the same thing that PlayStation was, where it was an all-in-one entertainment system, and they just didn't beat PlayStation. So yeah. if Xbox's whole angle this next gen is uh, xCloud, where they're trying to have the best servers, if they're also getting PlayStation on board to use their Xbox Live to run Minecraft, then they're already going into that step. So stuff like that looks really good for them and for them to go the this is our hardware that runs, you know, Game Pass and xCloud, then that's the where they need to go. That's a good yeah. marketing strategy. These these consoles that are coming out, I'm going to tell you right now, these are going to raise the bar as far as PCs performance. Uh, PCs are going to have to come out with something that is ass kicking good in the next couple of years because these guys are actually PlayStation and Microsoft, Sony and Microsoft are actually going to make a dent in that market with these consoles if they are able to do everything that they say they're going to do. I mean, just just yeah. looking at everything that that is showing, it, this one is going to be is literally going to be four times or two times faster that or two times graphic processing power than the Xbox One X. Um, this should be about, and they're saying that that should put it at around 12 teraflops of graphical performance. And that's right up there with some PCs, the, some of right. the fastest PCs <laughs> that are out there. So, I, I mean, I'm a PC player. I ain't going to lie. When Sometimes when you look at some of these games on PC, they look so much better. Overwatch looks so freaking cool on a PC compared to an Xbox. Right. But with the way it's coming out, that's going to go out the window. It really is. I mean, they've got the RTX 2080 that's out and, and these other graphics cards that are supposed to be pushing the, the boundaries of graphics processing. I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore once these two consoles come out. Right. Let me get through the last stats that sure. we know since sure. I got off point. Um, 
it's also going to be 120 hertz refresh rate support. Very um, cool. But something to be noted about that is the Xbox One X and the One S already support that. Yes. The thing is, not many developers are utilizing that. Yeah. So they did claim that on launch, a lot more developers would be utilizing it. They would be encouraging developers to push that 120 hertz refresh rate. So that will be interesting uh, for people that play Xbox with a monitor. Um, you'll actually utilize your refresh rate. Yeah, so I'm looking forward really cool. to that. Yeah, because I, I do have a higher end monitor that I play on and I want <laughs> I mean, right. <laughs> I really so want that. <laughs> you, you see it polishing up the slower uh, refresh rates, uh, but to yes. actually push that refresh rate will be really cool. Yes. Um, they also claim that they have 15 studios working on exclusive games for next gen, which is wow. really cool. Yes. They said very it's cool. the most that they've ever had. And that's, you know, goes without saying they've never had that many studios working on exclusive games. Yeah. Um, it says it's going to support up to 8K gaming. And I'm thinking that's most likely going to be upscaling. Uh, 8K gaming, it's like, it's just so crazy to think about it actually producing an 8K image. Um, also, 8K is just not really that viable yet. Um, yes, 8K monitor, um, TVs are coming down in price. They're getting into the $2,000, $3,000 range, but... Um, I think probably 2022 8K is going to be more serious. Um, I don't think in the next two years it's going to be that crazy. Um, other stats that it has is it's going to have a new controller. Um, if yeah. you noticed in the preview, the um, D-pad looks very similar to the Elite yes. uh, Xbox controller. Uh, it's got that little indention in the middle. So we'll see how that performs. Uh, I'm a little scared on it because I think the current Xbox controller is perfect. <laughs> um, the D-pad is one of the most satisfying D-pads there is for a entry-level yeah. um, official controller. Um, so I don't we'll know, see how that is. I don't know if I like that they said it's going to be slightly smaller. I um, don't know about that either. Also, they said it was going to be lighter, which yeah. is bad yeah. because – you want weight in a controller. Yeah, you know? that's why I use a, a different controller is because it was a little bit bigger. I use a Razer Wildcat. And it's a little bit bigger and bulkier. You know what I mean? It feels it feels weighty in the hands, and that's kind of – it feels like you have more control. I'm afraid right. with a lighter controller, you're going to – you know, it's just going to jack you up. Yeah, and with what happened with the Duke, the first controller for the original Xbox, uh -huh. uh, where they – immediately released a new controller that made more sense um if this fails at launch the controller i'm sure they'll switch back to the old shells and then just add the what, what i'm about to say it also has is textured triggers which seems like a welcome addition to have texture on those glossy slick uh triggers that the xbox has is going to be awesome um to have a better grip on those triggers is i don't think anyone's gonna have a problem with that um it's also going to have a share button in the middle of the controller. So there's an extra button. Um, originally on the Xbox One, uh, sharing features were designed to be more with the Kinect. You would say Xbox share that or Xbox record that. Yeah. Um, I was being, I was looking at my Xbox right now. I was thinking maybe something was hearing me. Anyway, <laughs> um, but um, with, the, <laughs> with the Kinect being phased out, 
Um, it makes more sense for there to be a share button on the controller um, for PlayStation fanboys um, that you would say that's always been on your controller, which it has been. So um, not only PlayStation, but Nintendo Switch also has a share button. So um, it's only natural for Xbox to get a share button, but that's going to be an extra button you see on a controller for someone that's used to Xbox, how it is right now. Um, I think that's everything that's different. But yeah, I agree with you. I am kind of concerned about the controller being lighter and smaller. I'm not digging that because I think it's the perfect size. I think they just need it to be a little bit nicer as far as grip and yeah, I thought maybe even heavier. Because it I doesn't think need it's... to be as slippery, and I think more heavy would be a good a good idea. Now, the yeah. only info that they haven't released is whether it's going to have an internal battery, which I really hope it's going to have. So they make they make the Xbox bigger and the controller smaller. <laughs> I don't they're get trying it. to save on. They're trying to use <clears throat> the same boxes that the Xbox has come in now. Yeah. <laughs> so they're making the controller <laughs> smaller to fit in it, but um. <laughs> Yeah, that's all the real info I have on the Series X. I wanted to talk about it a little bit. I think we talked a little bit about how its marketing is. And I think that's just something that I kind of absorbed after viewing it. Yeah. Where I was like, it's really marketing more like they're making a series of computers rather than a series of game consoles. Yes. And I think that's a fine angle for Microsoft being who they are and embracing the fact that they have these big servers and marketing xCloud. I think it's good that they're marketing this with the angle of it's a computer. So I think that's really smart. I think it's basically what it is, is it's a uh, user-friendly PC for the living room. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good thing. And if they do it right, this could change consoles for (laughs) everyone, man. I mean, everyone. So, yeah, it's uh, all in all, you know, I understand about how they marketed it as being an all-in-one entertainment center, you know, back in the past. And I think that's – or an entertainment system. And I think that's a, the wrong way to market it. It should be marketed as a gaming system because that's – let's face facts. That's what we use it for. You know, the little apps and extras that you get with it, uh, that's just frosting on the cake. But – yeah. It, it or ice well however you say it icing on the cake but it just i think the way that they're marketing <laughs> it right now as an easy to use pc for the living room is a great way to do it um i'm i'm really interested in this console and uh yeah i'm i'm really kind of like chomping at the bit to see what they do cool um that's really all i have that's all i um, got this week um i'm glad we got through those bigger topics um yeah, we got you nothing more go. for you. Get out of here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Um, no, stay. Yeah, um, stay. We had trouble. I mean, thank God we got this episode in. Um, I'm sure everyone else is really busy around this time of year. So oh, um, yeah. I'm sure you can relate. So we're going to get this episode out to you as quick as we can. Um, yes. But um, if we are a little bit off on our releases, this is a crazy time of year. So uh, please forgive us for that. Um It's Christmas, man. It's Christmas, man. Um, But uh, um, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Yes, Um, it is. Releasing your podcasts on time. It is. It is. (laughs) It's all I want um, from Santa. All you wrote from Santa is your podcast released on time? Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> you go see Santa and you're like, they're like, what do you want, little boy? I just want my goddamn podcast to have a consistent <laughs> release <laughs> schedule. Please. Exactly. I just exactly. want it to be consistent. What's oh, a fucking consistency? <laughs> Thank you for the candy cane. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Tin Man, but did um, I have to sit on your lap? But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's just leave that there. Um, we will. I, I mean, I think we had a good show, and I um, do too. I think it's not as offensive as we normally are. So, props to that. Um, <laughs> did you say as you normally are? Are you talking no, as to me? we as we <laughs> normally are? Not you. I'm the offensive one. Uh, no, I'm people the offensive only one. knew this guy. Oof. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, please go check out all of our social media stuff. We're on Twitter, yes, please do. we're on please Facebook. Do. Um, go check out our Etsy shop and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Talk to we, us too. Talk to us on Twitter. Talk to us on Facebook. Let us know what you <laughs> want us to tell, you know, what you want to hear about. If there's something interesting that you'd like to know more about, we're, we're more than happy to dig deep into it. But just, yeah, you know, hit us up. Let us know what you think. Yeah. And we'll see y'all next week. Have a Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas. And the cool thing about it is that you can use it horizontally. You don't have to leave it standing straight up. You will be able to use it horizontally from some of the stuff that I've been reading. So you, it may fit.